Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for joining me here on this special sort of brief episode of the Madhouse Podcast. Now that Lockdown Blackhawks is in the taillights and hockey is coming back, you'll be hearing a lot more of these shorter solo podcasts here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be James, but as news warrants, we will jump on the podcast when we can, and news certainly warrants today. Before we get to all of that, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod. Email us MadhousePod at gmail.com or on Instagram at Madhouse underscore pod. And you can check out MadhousePod.com for everything Madhouse Podcast, including every episode, links to our sponsors, um, merchandise, stuff about James and I, all kind of good stuff on MadhousePod.com. Com, so make sure you go check that out. So it's worth my while to pay for that every year. It looks good. It works well. I just don't promote it nearly enough, and that's on me, not you. You can also find information on our Patreon and GoFundMe pages if such things interest you as well. But the best thing you can do is support our sponsors like Marishka's 
and Triple Threat Sports and Fry the Coop and Dr. Squatch. So many people have supported our sponsors over the years. By the way, DrSquatch.com. Use that promo code MADHOUSE to save on your order. All right, a couple things to get to today. Uh, Dominic Kubelik has been named a finalist for the Calder Trophy, which, if you don't know, is the NHL's award for the Rookie of the Year. He's up against defenseman Quinn Hughes from the Vancouver Canucks and defenseman Kale McCarr from the Colorado Avalanche. Tough competition for Dominic Kubelik. However, this award is not given to the player they think is going to be the best. The award is given to who had the best rookie season, so we'll see how much of a shot I think Dominic Kubelik has. And if you have thoughts on these things, uh, always feel free. Email me, madhousepod at gmail.com. There's also a trio of signings to react to Ian Mitchell, P.S. Suter, and Wyatt Kalnick. So let's start with Kubelik. Looking at Kubelik's season, uh, and this sort of has to be, um, we've got to give some context to Kubelik here, right? 68 games with the Blackhawks, 30 goals, 16 assists. It's rare you see those guys with more goals and assists. It's really rare that you see that big of a discrepancy between the two numbers, but Kubelik is a goal scorer, but you've got to keep in mind, for a lot of this season, Kubelik was on the bottom six. For a lot of the season, he was not on the power play. It took a long time for Jeremy Cowan to figure out how to use Dominic Kubelik. Only eight points on the power play, four goals, four assists on the power play all season. Of his 46 points, eight of them came on the power play. And as we're looking at the lines in Hawks practice over the last little bit, it doesn't really indicate that much has changed in the eyes of Jeremy Cowden. And look, the way Jeremy Cowden has used Dominic Kubelik has resulted in 30 goals. Okay, so it's hard to be too angry about the use, but you have to feel like a guy with this sort of natural scoring ability should be a guy who, obviously, if you just do the math, if he's on top lines playing longer minutes with better players, chances are the stats are going to go up. But he's on the third line in practice on Wednesday, playing with Kirby Doc, who's a skilled player, no doubt, and Drake Kajula, another skilled player. But your top line was Debrinka, Taves, Saad, Nylander, Strom, and Kane are your second line. Kubelik, Doc, Kajula, the third line. Carpenter, Kampf, and Highmore, the fourth line. Now, clearly you can see what Jeremy Cowan's trying to do here. He's trying to distribute the scoring along his top three lines. And I don't necessarily disagree with that approach, but it worked out pretty well when you put a sniper on Patrick Kane's left wing in the past, right? Remember that guy, Artemi Panarin? He was pretty good. He had some good seasons playing with Patrick Kane. Look, I know there's a motivation to get Alex Nylander going. I get it. You gave up a good prospect for him. He hasn't been probably what you expected him to be, but now is not the time to try to bump up Alex Nylander's number to help the GM save face. That doesn't make sense to me. Look, and these things, obviously, were two weeks away from a game they could change tomorrow but I really want to see Kane and Kubelik together I think it makes a lot of sense but that's not the topic we're on right now let's compare Kubelik's stats to those of Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr so again Kubelik in 68 games had 30 goals 16 assists 
46 points. He was a plus two. Uh, again, four power play goals, four power play assists, nothing shorthanded for him, three game-winning goals, averaging 14-22 on ice per game. HockeyReference.com has a stat called point shares. It's an estimate of how many numbers of standings points a player contributed in a year. Okay, so Kubelik, that's I guess that would be the hockey equivalent of war in uh, baseball. So Kubelik's point share is 6.1. That means he's basically a three-war player, if you're going to say two points per win. So he's a three-war player. Quinn Hughes, again, the next two candidates, Hughes and McCarr, are defensemen. 68 games with Vancouver, eight goals, 45 assists, 53 points. He was a minus 10, 6.5 point share, so a little bit higher than Kubelik. Uh, 21.53 was his time on ice average. Corsi, four percentage of 52.7. Offensive zone starts, 58.4. That's a high number for zone starts. As far as Kubelik goes, the Corsi was 50.1, and the offensive zone starts, 49.2. But again, a major number in time on ice, almost seven more than seven minutes per game more for Quinn Hughes than Dominic Kubelik. Now, my favorite for the Calder Trophy, Kale McCarr. 12 goals, 38 assists, 50 points in 57 games, 21-01 of ice time, 52.8% on the Corsi. But look at this. Offensive zone starts, 62.3. The Colorado Avalanche were sheltering Kale McCarr big time. He was getting the bulk of his starts in the offensive zone. And look, he's an offensive player. There's no doubt about that, that he's an offensive defenseman. He's a really damn good offensive defenseman, only 21 years old. You look at his point shares, 7.7. So nearly uh, more than a full game higher than Hughes and Kubelik. Kubelik with the lowest number of those three. I think that Makar had the most impressive season for a rookie. And it is hard to look at what Dominic Kubelik did, scoring 30 goals in a limited role. That definitely deserves some attention, and deserves some praise. But I think when this all shakes out, when it's all said and done, if I had to vote and I had to vote objectively, which is what these voters are supposed to do, I think Kale McCarr was the most impressive of these three rookies. But Dominic Kubelik, to come from where he did, as a seventh-round pick in 2013 of the LA Kings, the Hawks trade for his rights you know, last year, which is <laughs> in our brains is two years ago, but you know what I'm saying last calendar year and he comes in and scores 30 goals that's huge and that sort of leads me to what we're going to get to in the second segment of the show Stan Bowman has found a way to add helpful useful players on low contracts in unique ways okay Dominic Kubelik is not the first of these sort of moves. There's been Artemi Panarin, there's been David Kampf, there's been Dominic Cahoon, there's been Eric Gustafson, and so on and so on and so on. These projects uh, that were, you know, not drafted or that were drafted by other teams late and just not developed, Bowman has found a knack in bringing these guys in, and he added more on Thursday. When we come back, we'll fill you in on who they are and what they mean for the Blackhawks' future here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, <laughs> babe, just a few. <laughs> All right, I guess I can't blame you. 
Pass me some too. <laughs> the smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six piece spicy or classic for just two bucks only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner. Where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy. Giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. It's the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski with you here. Last segment, mentioned the Blackhawks signed a trio of players. The first one, not a surprise, defenseman Ian Mitchell. He was the Blackhawks' second-round pick in 2017. This is old news, but they made it official today. The good news is... There was some question a couple days ago, and James and I mentioned it on the podcast from earlier this week, that Stan Bowman said, well, we still have to figure out if if his contract's going to start this season, where he wouldn't be able to play, or next season. That was answered. Mitchell's contract kicks in next season. So that's an extra year the Blackhawks have him. It's a three-year deal, so three years before they have to worry about re-signing Ian Mitchell. So his deal will expire in 2022-23. Why is that noteworthy? Well, here's some other contracts that are expiring in 2022-23. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Oh, and Alex Dabrinkit. So whatever happens <laughs> after after Ian Mitchell's third year, there's going to be plenty of cap space to sign him for a deal. Now, it's it's probably reasonable that a couple of those guys would be back probably Kane probably Taves I'm sure they'll sign lower deals to stay in Chicago and end their careers here who knows what that looks like with Stan Bowman maybe he just gives them 10 and a half million more for the next 25 years and the Hawks are stuck in cap hell even longer but let's let's worry about that when it happens so it's 10 and a half each for Kane and Taves it's 5.538 for Duncan Keith and Alex Dabrinkit 6.4 million now, Debrinkit's a guy who is in the long-term plan, so he'll need a new deal. But the good news with him is even after this deal that Debrinkit's on now, the $6.4 million deal that pays him through 2022-23, when that deal's over, Debrinkit is still restricted. He's not an unrestricted free agent, so that will end up saving the Hawks some money probably, or at least the headache of him walking away for nothing, or potentially walking away from nothing. So, Ian Mitchell's in the fold. Contract starts next year. Very, very good news. They also signed Pius Suter. He is a center wing out of the Swiss League. He was their leading scorer, the league's leading scorer last season. Very much similar to the Dominic Kublik situation. It was the same league. They're about the same age. So you could be looking at another potential Dominic Kublik type. Now, I hesitate. I stopped short of saying that he's going to come in here and score 30 goals. I don't think that that's realistic. But when you look at the leaderboards and pretty much any statistic you can find from the Swiss National League, Pia Suter's at the top in scoring, in you know, expected goals for, in uh, points per 60, in uh, pretty much every measurable, Pia Suter was the best player in the league. And yeah, typically the Swiss League is not a... Uh, great breeding ground for NHL talent. But this year, from what I understand from speaking to a few sources, this was a really, really 
uh, better than usual group of Swiss players, and Pia Suter was well, well, well the best player in that league. He was far and wide the best player in the Swiss National League um, last season. So this is a big this is a big move. I know sometimes we see these things and they're not names we recognize. They're not guys we've seen before. They're not names we've heard before. But Pia Suter is a big move. This is a big get. And Scott Powers has some quotes from uh, Suter's agent today saying that it was down to the Blackhawks in another organization. And the fact that the Blackhawks are so good at integrating European players, that gave the Hawks the edge. Also, uh, Suter and Mark Crawford have a history. Uh, Crawford coached Suter before in the past. So uh, the Blackhawks won out on a free agent very similar to what happened with Artemi Panarin back in the day. There were a lot of teams going after Artemi Panarin, but the fact that the Hawks were able to bring in these players, develop them well, make them some money, that was important to Suter and his agent, and it led to the Hawks winning this. And I know a lot of people are really, really down on Stan Bowman, and I get it. I get it. I'm not you know, trying to tell you that he's perfect or that he's always right, but he's got a knack for finding these guys, these players, uh, you know, outside of the typical radar of NHL fans. Look, of course, people around the league know who these guys are, and that's why there were several teams trying to get um, Suter on the roster. But uh, the Hawks have done a really good job of finding and signing these guys. More importantly, yeah, they found them. A lot of people can find them. But to get it done, to sign them, that's pretty big. So uh, good news there. This guy, I think, uh, just based on the scouting reports I've read, plays a solid 200-foot game, really good around the net, they say, a smart player. Uh, so I would think he's a guy that could be plugged in on the third line right away next year. Again, none of these three players I'm mentioning are eligible to play this season against Edmonton or if the, in the playoffs beyond. Uh, so these are all longer-term projects. But as we look ahead to you know, what's the future holds for the team with the flat cap, these contracts are needed to keep the Hawks competitive or to get them competitive in the first place. That's part of it. You know, Kubelik is going to need a new deal after this, after this year, who knows what it will be. Same goes for Suter. If Suter has success, it's a one-year deal for Suter, 925 K, which is exactly what Kubelik made uh, this season. He's got a one-year deal just like Kubelik did, restricted free agent. So if he has another really great season, or if he has a season like Kubelik, the Hawks are going to have to find out how to get Suter locked up long-term. So it's 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 tough. It's it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting place for the Hawks to be. And I see and I like how Bowman's kind of doing what he has to do to get through all this uh, by adding cheap talent. But it's a shame that. If Pia Suter turns out to be a star, can the Hawks afford him? That's, I mean, I guess it's a, a good problem to have. That means you got one really good season out of the guy, but who knows? Now, the next signing, the third signing of the three, Wyatt Kelnick. We talked about him on the podcast uh, earlier this week. He signed a two-year contract with the same uh, $925,000 cap hit. He was the captain of the University of Wisconsin's hockey team. Puck mover, big-time offensive defenseman. He was a 2017 seventh-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers. He's played in the USHL with Bloomington and Lincoln, uh, but spent the best part of his hockey days 
with the University of Wisconsin. Carter Baum, who works for the Chicago Blackhawks, he writes on their chicagoblackhawks.com, has a little write-up on Kalnick today with some quotes. Mark Eaton is the Blackhawks' assistant general manager of player development, and he had this to say about Wyatt Kalnick. He says, from day one as a freshman at Wisconsin, you could see the skating and the offensive talent, but it's more the defensive part of the game that really needs to be polished or honed for young defensemen. I know Tony Granato at Wisconsin, and I know the kind of defense they preach and the responsibility they want in players, so that's the area of the game that you could see grow the most through the three years. The defensive habits and realizing that he's a defenseman and taking care of his own zone and his defensive responsibility before he jumps on the offensive attack. The asset of his that jumps out when you see him is his skating ability. Such a graceful, powerful skater, and he can do it all, really. He can be a one-man breakout. He was quarterbacking the power play for three years at Wisconsin. Good defensive habits. Just a good, well-rounded player that I think has a good opportunity to step in and contribute at the NHL level. So really good stuff there. Three guys signed by the Blackhawks that are going to be potentially really, really big parts of the future. Ian Mitchell, for sure. Pia Suter is going to get every opportunity to thrive and and be a major contributor next season. And maybe Kalnick's a year away or so. But these guys all have big potential to be important parts of what the Blackhawks have at the NHL level for the next few years to come. So while on paper, these are not names that blow your mind. These are pretty big moves. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. James and I will be back with a new full-length episode early next week if anything happens between now and then you will surely hear from at least one of us be safe take care we've got one more day to go here we got friday to go uh, but man we're gonna make it somehow we're making it through this thing it's a little bit crazy but every day that goes by we're a day closer to the puck dropping on blackhawks oilers cannot wait thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG, open makes more possible. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.